I was thinking about this the other day of like, how do you define superhero? Because hmm. we see a lot of superhero movies nowadays. Yeah. I remember having this conversation with a friend at one point. It's like, look at Batman. Batman's deal, when it's to fight crime, technically you're not a hero unless you're trying to save somebody. Because hmm. if you're just fighting crime, then you're a vigilante. What actually makes Batman a hero is that he doesn't kill. Oh. Because the people that he saves in fighting crime now are even the criminals. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And then he does eventually go out of his way and save people in a lot of his stories. But the principal thing that Batman's there to do is to actually be a vigilante. Hmm. Someone who fights crime but is not an officer of the law. Yeah. Superman is not just a hero because he does save people, right? That's the principal thing that Superman seems to do. And he says he stands for truth and justice in the American way. Now it's just truth and justice. <laughs> he stopped saying, and the American way. Uh, it just became just truth and justice. Superman invades Iraq. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably around that. But Superman is a superhero because he saves people, hero, and he has powers, super, right? If you look at it, the other, the scale on the other side of it, on the opposite end of vigilante, which is somebody who fights crime, is someone who fights for himself, an anti-hero. When it comes to Spider-Man, Spider-Man is, he's got the superpowers, and he is heroic. Mm -hmm. That's definitely something that comes across in, well, in Across the Spider-Verse. Whoa. The new Spider-Man film by Sony, the animated one, that came out as the sequel to Into the Spider-Verse, and we'll tell you right now, the middle edition of this, what we think <laughs> is a trilogy. Because, yes, there's another movie coming. There's no post credit scene. <laughs> you sound so disappointed. <laughs> I, I'm disappointed because I feel like I walked away from the movie theater with only half a movie. <laughs> I'll be less disappointed when I see the third movie. Hmm. But do I think this was a bad movie? Absolutely not. <laughs> this movie, to me, I kept thinking of the word phenomenal. Yeah. It's mm. very well done. But... On the topic of Spider-Man, like, if you just think about who Spider-Man is, uh, I remember reading the story about, like, how Stan Lee first came up with him. It's just, he got the idea of it. You know, just the concept of Spider-Man, of somebody who has to perform acrobatics yeah. to save the day. He's, like, a vigilante who's given, like, a set of powers that aren't necessarily as coherent with a spider as you might think, mm -hmm. but that enable him to do... Like, hold on. You get super strength, super speed, super incredible speed? grace. I don't know about speed. He's faster than most other people. Like, oh, yeah. reflex time, obviously. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Right? Yeah. And that, you know, his ability. He's not like the Flash, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, th I think, I guess, yeah, reflexes just in general. Yeah. Like, his athletic abilities are heightened quite a lot. His spider sense. Yeah. You know? I guess it's vaguely making sense. I guess if you got some bug powers, you'd be pretty strong. Yeah. The web shooting has been in some contention because the Sam Raimi movies made them come out of his wrist. Which I liked so much better. Really? Yeah, because that made it like... That was the, the powers the spider gave him. That was part of that. There's no running out of it. Whereas yeah. in these ones, when it's a gadget, officially every single spider person has to be intelligent enough to not only come up with this, but then make it. But that's the thing, is that originally he did come up with it and make it. Yeah. It was just Sam Raimi in that one movie yeah. who did it. And the reason why is because the thing that makes, that has made 
Spider-Man so special for the longest time was Peter Parker. Because mm. it's Peter Parker who kind of brings in this genuine will to do good. Yeah. It's that genuine belief in like, well, truth and justice in the way that Superman would have stood for it. Yeah. Right? But also just being a person and trying to juggle your life. Mm-hmm. You know, Peter Parker really colored Spider-Man for the longest time because he just brought like this very genuine good soul into it yeah and the other part to him too is that like just in the same way that if you put if you had all the money and all the gadgets and everything you couldn't be batman Mm. because what makes batman special is bruce wayne it's the fact that bruce wayne dedicated his life to like learning martial arts and he i think somebody in one of the comics it said that he technically holds four different phds Oh dang! And he's like a genius <laughs> in technology, and has like committed himself wholly to being able to like solve these wild problems on the fly. Yeah, it's like trying to do. Like, imagine trying to do quadratic equations while doing Olympic level flips and stuff yeah, at the dude, same time. It's wild. You know that's what these superheroes <laughs> have to do. And in Peter Parker's case, it's like Peter Parker is a genius. Yeah, he's a genius level person. He's got like he's able to solve these problems in chemistry and physics and quantum physics Mm -hmm. in some areas i'm sure he understands nuclear physics if he needs to (laughs) he can understand like he can code take apart the computer which is this side of peter parker is interesting because i'm sure in the comics it goes in depth that he's this smart but in the movies i've never that's never come across to me well the way that it principally comes across is that every time you see him shoot those webs he built that. Yeah. Yeah. That's one way that it does. I guess that makes sense, but it's like, yeah, because I, I grew up with Sam Raimi's, so it was just a thing in his wrist. It was just his powers. And then... But, he, I mean, even that Peter Parker, what was his day job? He was going to university. He was, like, yeah, studying Yeah, like, he was, he was smart, but it like never... That. it In every Spider-Man I've watched, it's never come across to me that... Peter Parker is some insane scientific genius. I don't know. It's just a... In the comics themselves? Yeah. He gets up to the Tony Stark levels. Oh, dang. Of, like, running Parker Industries, his (laughs) own company. He's, like, very rich. He has a lab. He basically, like, he has to balance being Spider-Man with being Parker, the, like, Mm -hmm. famous tech CEO or whatever. But even in, let's look at Into the Spider-Verse, Miles Morales. Right. At what point does he come off as a super genius? Let me reintroduce here because, like, as much as we're talking about Peter Parker, what the Into the Spider-Verse movie does, and I think it's brilliant. It's a a really cool thesis. It's the democratization of Spider-Man. Because it's taking this good and honesty and, like, justice and also ability to do amazing things by being in the right path and believing in the right things and then believing in yourself. I could just keep saying positive things that can all be obviously ascribed to Spider-Man, but the point is that it's not just Peter Parker who can be that good. It's Mm -hmm. anybody. We've democratized Spider-Man, which is, like, a cool thing to do to, like, lift people up to be like hey it wasn't the fact the thing that made peter parker such a great spider-man is that he was just a person yeah if you are a person if you just stay in touch with being a person who's believing in the right things and and all that and just not giving up and standing for them and insert platitude here (laughs) you can also be as amazing as Mm spider-man and do amazing things too right that's the other thing about the term hero is that we can apply it to Lots of people. Yeah, I think that's what I liked about 
that was the whole story of the second Sam Raimi movie, is that it's like it's not it's not the powers that make you Spider-Man, it's you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and that was the same thing with uh, Thor Ragnarok. It's like you're not Thor, god of hammers. And so it's like he wasn't the hammer; it was him that was the hero. Yeah. And that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so across the Spider Verse, if you were gonna try to explain the plot of this, oh shoot, man! Without spoiling it in one sentence. Without spoiling it, explain the plot. In one sentence. <sighs> in the fallout of an interdimensional escapade from the previous film. Miles is now forced to confront the cons- the interdimensional consequences of his actions, which seems to have affected what they quite literally call... <laughs> a, what is it? A canon moment? Oh, yeah. Yeah, a canon... <laughs> a canon... A canon event. A canon event. Yeah. And because he interrupts that, he now has to force- face the consequences of the effects <laughs> on his life and the effects on... All lives he inadvertently affected, mm-hmm. and then that includes the multiplicity of Spider-Men in the multiverse. This story brings in more Spider-Men. Into the Spider-Verse uh, broke that concept at first because they did like a noir Spider-Man yeah. who was like Nick Cage playing that. his voice, and then John Mulaney <laughs> did like Porky Pig Spider-Man, yeah, um, which is not literally that, but pretty close. Spider Pig. Spider Pig. Yeah. He had the power to levitate by smelling a good pie. There was an anime girl in a robot spider Peggy suit. Peggy Parker. Who was an awesome character. Yeah. So there's, and then principally, Peter B. Parker. Uh, Peter Parker, whose life doesn't go awesome. Mm-hmm. At least in that movie. And then it gets better later. But the point is that, uh, oh yeah. And how could we not mention Spider-Gwen? Oh yeah. Um, I say Spider Gwen because that's the comic character that the movie is basing it off of. Yeah. Okay. Right. You know, famously from the Sammy Sam Raimi movies, we always knew Peter Parker, and then we knew Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. But in truth, when in later iterations, it wasn't Mary Jane who was a love interest; it was Gwen. Oh, okay. Gwen Stacy, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So Gwen, Gwen Stacy in this universe loses her friend Peter. And in the process of becoming Spider... No, she was Spider-Woman in that one. Spider-Woman. Yeah. Spider-Gwen is the thing they call it. Yeah. In the comics. Which, which is... It's not the first offshoot. It's funny. There is there is another offshoot of that. So there's a running gag in Marvel Comics where Deadpool looks like Spider-Man. So people <laughs> obvi- occasionally mistake him for Spider-Man. Yeah. And it's led to Deadpool kind of like forming a comic relationship with Spider-Man. So they have like little <laughs> adventures together. And the whole time they're together, it's like, Spider-Man's usually the funny one. He's just pissed off that he has to carry Deadpool around. <laughs> Another thing that kind of like poked at that was that at a certain point, a character called Gwenpool was pulled in. Oh my gosh. Through the universe. Uh, well, another Gwen. And her, her in her universe... And this is, this is a pretty funny take on this because it's actually not too far off from yeah. Spider-Verse stuff. In her universe, Gwen reads about the Avengers as comics and believes in them as comics. Her universe is completely normal. And her power is that when she gets pulled in to the Marvel universe... She knows everybody's thing. <laughs> She's read them all That's in the comics. That's so good. That's so clever. Yeah. <laughs> she just kind of... And then because she doesn't have any powers, 
mm-hmm. just goes the Gwenpool route of I guess I'll just use guns <laughs> and swords and stuff like Deadpool does. And it works out for Deadpool, obviously. But. <laughs> yeah, so Gwen from the last movie, and I like something that they did in the last movie that they challenge here. In the last movie, they left off as just friends. Oh, okay. So at the end of the last movie, they'd seemingly solve this breach in the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Everybody got to get sent home back to their own universe. Everything seemed completely normal. Back to normal. Hero's journey complete. But now Miles has the confidence and the talent and the ability to be the next Spider-Man of his yeah. world. It could be quite a challenge to escalate this world. And it's like the thing I would be the most concerned about with this kind of IP but they do it beautifully in this. Yeah. They bring you into a new world where now, like, based on the consequences of something that happened in the previous movie, we've now found a way to reconnect yeah. these universes and, like, have the Spider-Men meet each other. Mm-hmm. Plot-wise, you were telling me that despite, you know, because we did this whole perfect hero's journey yeah. with Miles and everything... You don't really feel like anything's going to catch you by surprise. So that was the one issue I had with Into the Spider-Verse because it was an amazing movie and I loved it. And like, it was a new thing in terms of animation of what they were showing you and like animating a comic book. Also very well put together, if I can yeah. pause real quick, is just like amazing music, great oh, performances. 100%. The art style was great, as we said. The action was really yeah. cool. The humor in it was great. Yeah. It's like every beat And in the it- story was good. Yeah, it's a brilliant. It was a really, film. it was a really great story. It was enjoyable to watch, but the one thing I left with from Into the Spider Verse not feeling good about was the story. Like, yeah, it was kind of a classic hero's journey, or like coming of age. It's not so much that it's like nothing caught you by surprise. Yeah, despite the fact that it was like it had this much intrigue in its plot. Yeah, I'd say in terms of story, nothing caught me by surprise. Like there were there were cool surprising things in it, like him turning invisible, the Doc Ock lady. And, like, there were great jokes around that and all of that stuff. Yeah. But the actual main segments of, like, generically, story-wise, nothing really, like... It was like, oh, Uncle Aaron's the Prowler? Really? Oh, I'm so shocked. (laughs) See, it's like, I was like, whoa, Uncle Aaron's the Prowler, but it's like, yeah, okay. (laughs) Yeah, even if you didn't know. It's like, because I didn't, and it caught me off guard, and it was cool and surprising, but there was nothing... It's like, yeah, okay, I... Now that I've gone through this and been surprised... It's the yes, I could have seen this. This is understandable. Yeah. But watching... Oh, the guy who's the same height and weight. (laughs) (laughs) But now that we're into Across the Spider-Verse, it's like they've gotten through the origin story of Miles, and now we're going further into essentially the consequences of both his actions and just happenstance that he was involved Mm -hmm. in that people are blaming him for, which I think is a really important part of it that he is like because should we get into spoilers or are we getting out of that um well we've pitched the movie already yeah and it's not like people are coming to us before the fact so (laughs) (laughs) but yeah when it gets to that point where they reveal the big thing that the spider that bit him was from another dimension it's like even essentially everything he did and how he's involved in anything is not his fault at all Yet he's blamed for all of it. It's just his existence is yeah, the problem. Exactly. Right. It's like that's what he's getting at the whole point. It's like you don't belong. It was really good. Well, it's like, and also the blame is misplaced. It's Spot. Yeah. Who brought this? It's like it's Spot that's doing it. Kingpin was doing the other thing. It was that whole. It's everybody else, but I think it's really. That's a good hero archetype, that 
Miles gets blamed for everything. He's essentially the Christ in this. It's like he takes he takes on the sins of others. <laughs> Took on the sins of Spot. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, but yeah, it was a much more twisting, not average story, not a regular hero's journey. Granted, we're essentially only halfway through, considering it's part two, part one of two. Yeah. But if yeah, they call the next one Across the Spider-Verse Part 2, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> they said it. It's called Beyond the Spider-Verse. It's Good. the vegan version. I actually, that... <laughs> <laughs> it sounded cool until you said that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that sounded like a good name, and now I hope it's not processed. <laughs> Plot-wise, I can... I actually kind of agree with you there. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's kind of... It's not that the movie fell short there, because it was fine. But it's the difference between an A and an A+. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah Spider-Verse, across the Spider-Verse was just so much better story-wise Opening than Into the Spider-Verse. the plot world yeah. is a very scary, daunting thing. Because there's a lot of ways to do it that can be very lame. Mm-hmm. And when you're talking about a device like this, my only criticism of the way they did it is that I've it's been done. Hmm. And it's like... It's, oh, this yeah. is a hard criticism to make, but like Rick and Morty beat you too. That it. was, I mean, it's the first thing I think when right. they walk into the Spider Verse and there's a bunch of technology and there's a bunch of different Spider Mans from all different universes. Is there the like, Council of Spider Man? Literally, it's like <laughs> no, it's just one. It's just one. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the only mad one that doesn't make jokes. I get that's what it takes. It's it's. I mean, how similar do the spider-man have to be only very vaguely we met one today that hardly wore a mask and rode a motorcycle oh my god oh her, that, her power was that yeah. she rode a motorcycle <laughs> <laughs> i mean i guess you're right we never saw her actually do anything superpower based did she even shoot web at any point i don't remember it Interesting. i felt like maybe the power was that she could ride the motorcycles on the sides of buildings but I was like, what her motorcycle is... was a, it was a spider cycle. What is spidery about in this? The... <laughs> <laughs> her, her glasses. Her. It's in the same way the the Wild West Spider Man. His horse had webs and a mask. I mean, I think that guy could actually shoot webs too. I mean, he literally shot webs from a gun, but we never saw him do it from his hands. Well, I mean, again. Oh yeah, it's an invention. It's an invention. Yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty cool invention if you're gonna figure out in the old right? West days how to shoot. Although webs the, out of a gun. The one thing that I I don't particularly it's not a huge bother, it's just one little negative to using a gadget is now it's a plot device whenever it runs out. Yeah, welcome to Spider-Man. Yeah. That's always been the case. Not in Sam Raimi's. Because his oh, runs out no, when it's not when story the evil driven. dead took over it in the <laughs> early two thousands and made one of the most camp trilogies of all time. I love them, but also <laughs> At least it's CG. it's more mysterious and may like in Spider-Man Two is when his when the Sam Raimi one his powers ran out. He's like, "What the heck is going on?" Not, "Oh, dang it, I'm out of juice." Again, <laughs> the Sam Raimi one is not the norm. It's just one little negative that now that it's a canister, all I'm thinking is the same thing when in every cowboy or movie involving guns you go how many times are they gonna fire this pistol before they reload hopefully six i don't know exactly well that doesn't happen in a lot of movies they just keep firing and you never see anybody reload i feel like you're hung up on this i'm it's the same way you're hung up on the audio mastering well (laughs) that is apparently one of the 
problems mm. with this film and it's not just me it is actually a lot of people had a hard time for a number of reasons understanding the characters mm. what i want to start with is that i don't think it was because there's anything wrong with the performances no i think there's a deliberate choice to have some characters be performed the way they were and i don't think there was anything wrong with that it is a choice that didn't work all of the time it's not that the actors did a bad job. It's that the direction wasn't 100%. It did not account for a margin of error. The direction? People might not understand you if you're speaking that quickly. So it wasn't necessarily the mastering that was the issue. No, no, no. I'm saying one of the reasons. Oh, okay. Another okay. reason was that it, there was a mistiming of like when I'm saying something and when something is blowing up. Mm. Or when the music is very loud at a certain wave and then when it's quiet and if i say something during that time yeah you want it to be timed with the music so that it doesn't get lost in the sound right and yeah that's basic so i want to say that there's nothing wrong with the performances there's also nothing wrong with the music choices either oh no, I had no issue with that great I mean, it was, didn't stand out as much as it did in That's Into the Spider-Verse. Into the Spider-Verse had that over it. What's Into Up Danger? Oh, man. Yeah, that was a great <laughs> song. And so were many of the songs leading up to it. Like, yeah. I had, I thought that was actually a great ensemble. Into the Spider-Verse has a much longer track list. I'm not sure how much of it was produced for this. There were some parts that went so well together, like mm -hmm. in the opening scenes showing Gwen. When she's like, for, when she leaps into action and she like starts doing her Spider-Man thing, it was like, awesome. I was blown away by it. I thought it was great. Yeah. Because like that opening scene where she's playing the drums and everything, I was like, this yeah, is cool. I'm it into so it. I'm good. down to watch. And then I saw her leap into action as Spider-Woman. I was like, this is cool as hell. Yeah. <laughs> and the way that the music played out, like her own little theme too, was incredible. Yeah. I do got to say, I really love her character design. Mm. a lot it's not just because the coloring it's not just because i don't know the undercut <laughs> the ballet shoes on the spider thing yeah like that were on, on her costume were really cool and it's interesting when you watch it later on in the movie it changes to blue converse after yeah. she leaves her dad or as um shoot i forgot his name as british spider-man says chucks <laughs> is he british spider-man is he he's are from london about, are yeah. you talking about hobie yeah hobie Okay, Hobie is the punk rock Spider-Man <laughs> who is very cockney. Yeah. Very, very cockney. I can't say that his voice, when he said too many words in a row, was one of the <laughs> harder ones to understand. I don't know. I got him pretty good. Most of the time. Like, when he says a couple words at a time, they're good. <laughs> but when he speaks in sentences and the part where he's introducing himself is like, mm. I'm having some trouble here. And the mastering is not helping. Mm. So we're doing a difficult performance with a wild direction and the mastering is in time properly <laughs> to do this. It's like not awesome. And I'm not the only one. People lost lines mm. of dialogue throughout this, even if they don't have crazy performances, just because of the sounds drowning each other out mm. at the wrong moments. That's part of an issue. It's like, a, obviously there's some element of realism in all this, but it's like, it's an animation. Yeah. It's supposed to be well-timed. <laughs> You're supposed to show me the depth of everything that you did. And it's like, because you made one thing so extravagant, you've now obscured something else. Mm. The point is, they're both really good, so let them both show, right? That was sound-wise, right? So it's not a not as good as the first one, I will say, for sure. 
And it would have been great if they'd given things more space to like shine with the mastering. Because the performance, again, this is an all-star cast. Mm-hmm. Everybody is like really excellent at playing their character. From the villains to the various different types of Spider-Men. Yeah. To the family members, just the regular human family members. Literally, even the bit characters that get one or two lines are really well delivered. There's nobody that I'm like, eh, I didn't really believe you were Spider-Man and yeah. delivered that line. Well, I love the their take on Genki in this world is almost kind of like a... It's, was... it's a jab at the Disney Tom Holland Spider-Man. <laughs> Genki is the kid who is his roommate oh okay yeah yeah he's like i'm not gonna be your guy in the chair yeah that's how it starts i'm not doing it i'm not gonna be your guy in the chair i'm not your you know i love kid. that it's it's a direct jab at like the exact same character is that what happened with tom in, holland spider-man is that he his ganky became his guy in the chair <laughs> i hope i'm saying that name right ganky but you mm. know yeah <laughs> so there's that Tom Holland himself doesn't seem to mind. He said it's like one of the best. He th- he thinks it is the best Spider-Man movie. Oh yeah, like, across or yeah, across. Mm. Maybe he said into, but he thinks Who Spider-Verse knows? is clearly better than his Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean it is. I'm not. I haven't seen any of the his ones, but <laughs> No Way Home is really good. If you oh, liked, yeah. if you like Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, oh, right. you'll like No Way yeah, Home. Because yeah, because he's in it. To be honest, No Way Home was good enough to redeem Andrew Garfield. Oh really? Yeah. Cool, That's Andrew hard to believe. It. You think? <laughs> I totally agreed with that before going into this movie. And I'm those like, were bad movies. Dude, but you come back to going like, oh, Andrew Garfield is really good in this. Like, he shines so well in this. That's awesome. They all do, really, but like, mm. he did an incredible job. Do you think I could watch No Way Home and understand it without watching the other two? Yes. Sweet. The only thing that would prevent you in No Way Home is that it's not... The, the other Spider-Man movie, it's the Marvel Cinematic Universe that you yeah. have to be familiar with. Oh, so, okay. So there's no point in watching the others. I'll do it like Guardians 3. Yeah. <laughs> and like Avengers Endgame. You, you just kind of like, uh, just accept, you, you tend to be pretty good at just accepting the things that come yeah. toward you. So I'm sure you'll have <laughs> no problem with this. But across the Spider-Verse, as being the second in this, it does mm. not have that problem of like overwhelming. And that's one thing I like about this is that from the very beginning, we just, this is a Marvel movie, but it's not a Disney movie. You yeah. know, there might be like a little bit of an attachment to Disney as a property, but this is a Sony movie. Mm. Spider Man has always been interesting like that because he's owned by Sony, um, or at least he was. It was around the time that Sony's IP ownership kind of expired that they that Disney was able to do Tom Holland Spider Man. Yeah. Before that, Sony had the complete ownership. So anything that was done for Spider-Man, whether it was a game or a movie, was made by Sony. Oh, okay. The new Spider-Man video games, they've had one for Peter Parker, one for Miles Morales. They're doing the second Spider-Man movie now, mm. where apparently you'll get to switch between them. Mm. Very excellent video games, Sony. Um, yeah. Sam Raimi's movies, actually, Sony. So, you know, they own that IP for a long time. And Sony is capable of some crazy cool things, mm-hmm. and they're not tied down the way that Disney is. Oh, interesting. Disney, I feel like, has painted themselves into a corner. Oh, okay. With the way the... that they have to behave. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you can have some character, but it's like, this has to be watchable and understandable and enjoyable by a six-year-old. Yeah, yeah. 
by a six-year-old or a 60-year-old or a 16-year-old or a 36-year-old. <laughs> it's like they, the way that they do their demographics. Yeah. And have to like put everything in that kind of... I'm not saying they do it 100% of the time. That's why things like Guardians of the Galaxy 3 are good. Yeah. But they do it a lot, hmm. which are why things like the Marvels are not good. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's... Another thing what, about, what if I'm wrong and the Marvels is amazing? <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think it will be. Watching that trailer, I was like, this looks bad. Brie Larson can ruin anything. <laughs> In regards to like Disney versus Sony, that I really, really liked about this movie. It was interesting. I was watching... I watched a clip of another guy talk about what he, why he hates Disney. And one thing he mentioned was that it's... All, all these Disney movies are always about rebelling against your parents. Like, that's essentially a thing that's underlined in them is ignore your parents, go do this thing, follow yeah. your heart. Frozen? Because that was explicit. Yeah, that is quite literally, like, the girl, she's finally rebelling yeah. against her parents. Yeah. That's, like, the main song. Of yeah, the whole it's, thing. A pretty, it's a pretty classic Disney thing, I think. It's at least undertones, you know? And I haven't seen The Little Mermaid in a long time, but maybe that's in there, because I vaguely I remember something I think that bit like is that. pretty explicit, too, because yeah. it's like, she specifically... Don't go see Ursula. There and you then go. she goes and sees Ursula. <laughs> so that's sort of an underlying factor there. I really liked the different balance they put in Across the Spider-Verse because they had the idea of rebelling against what people want you to do and go do your own thing. But they right. didn't phrase it as, they didn't frame it as ignore your parents and rebel against them. All of the Spider-Men mm-hmm. seem to honor their families. Yeah. Even, like, when they're having major disagreements, like, they don't dishonor their parents in any way. Which I think is really good. It's especially something I didn't see coming from Gwen. Because, like, she seems like such a punk rocker. But, like, the way that she treats her dad and gives him that leeway in the beginning, it's like, wow, this kid's an angel. Yeah, dude. And the amount of patience this is. Their moment near the last third, I almost cried. It was so good. (laughs) Very well done. Very well done. And a thing I love about her scenes with her dad are like the coloring in them is yeah, amazing because that i really like that about her world you it it spots it quite early on don't eat these wires you're good there's a distinction in the art style between when we're following miles and when we're following gwen yeah her world is much more colorful in changing ways which the i think music is, is different yeah the colors are dynamic i like that they change almost every single shot Yes. Which yeah. is, it was so good. I first noticed it because they're like standing in her dark room and mm. then she goes over and hugs him and she hugs him and then the light changes on her sweater to make it like brighter. Yeah. Like this pink light kind of cuts into the dark purple. Yeah. Um, they do another scene where I was telling you about it earlier. There's a scene in Watchmen in the graphic novel where. Oh, yes. There's a color gradient so that you can actually see who is being. Um, the more emotionally tense and passionate somebody is, the redder they are in, mm. the, in the scene. So that it can cut to Dr. Manhattan in it, and Dr. Manhattan is a cold blue. Yeah. Right? Oh, dang, man. That's so good. In this, in Across the Spider-Verse, they do a scene where, again, that cop dad is talking to Gwen. Yeah. And he's, they're having a heartfelt conversation, and he is in warm colors, and her room, which is like in the darkness, yeah. is cool colors. And so Gwen inside of the room is always cool. She's detached from this. She's in a different yeah. world than her father understands, and her father is bright red with concern, mm-hmm. meanwhile. And then they cut, and you can see from outside, you see 
the orange walls and then her in the doorway and the doorway is like all bright and orange but she's still in blue right Mm -hmm. within it so it's got like a, a coldness a detached sense to it yeah and then i'll say it got and this is occasionally some things in this movie i felt like went a little over the top Hmm. like a little epileptic for no reason (laughs) i thought the color shifts and the art styles and all these dynamic parts to like gwen's story are really cool Mm -hmm. but then in the third scene when she's having a good talking to her dad and then like i'm like what the heck are these backgrounds you guys just literally (laughs) did squiggly lines and asterisks like what's going on that stuff when it came to spider gwen i think her stuff was much more on that emotional spectrum. So when they changed the background to like swashes of color, it was because it didn't matter. What was important was that she was feeling this and she he was the full focus of her attention. The room essentially didn't exist, which I would think is what they were getting across with by making the room actually not exist. Is that I would trust that more if they didn't do what they did with Hobie where he was just well, constantly in a different That's color where else. you can see there's a difference. Because some Miles, Spider-Men, because they come from different universes, have like different animation styles completely. Well, yeah, but there's she, a Lego Spider-Man. There's a completely it's that's the thing though. They're completely different and in different ways. So Hobie, his whole thing is he's chaotic. He's complete chaos, and he introduces himself that way. Every action he takes and res- remark he makes is chaos. It's like when well, like Hobie says something, and somebody says you're not helping. He goes good. Like, that whole thing, his whole thing is chaos and cha- and being chaotic. So, obviously, even his character is physically represented in chaotic patterns that are moving. Like, his jacket isn't attached to him. It's laid on top of him, and it shifts around. <laughs> I like, don't disagree. Mm-hmm. I understand why they did it, and I think it was good that they did it. I just think they went over the top. I think specifically with Hobie. With Hobie, with some other areas, like there was a, it's a little too epileptic in some areas. Mm. Just like in flashes in the scenes in between, and like it's very high adrenaline, artistic, very high octane. Lots of scenes are shifting. It's a very quickly paced movie, which is something that I love about it is that it's got gravity and it's slow moments that can sustain you, but at the same time, it keeps the pace very quickly. Yeah, it does. Um, Nothing slows down to a point where you're like, okay, let's move on to the next scene, but nothing's skipped over. But there are some areas where it's like, this is a little too fast and we're showing like a lot of flashback information Mm -hmm. very quickly. Mm -hmm. I'm, Again, mostly done well, just in some areas a little over the top and that's where it gets uncomfortable to look at. Mm. But for the most part, again, when you're, I think it's almost a good thing that they went that far and failed. Or not failed. Uh, went, that, <laughs> went that far and didn't do it all very well. Yeah. Because what they're doing is ambitious. Yeah. And this tells you that they did the ambitious thing. And I'm saying that the ambitious thing actually worked most of the time. Mm-hmm. What did you Come think on. of the scenes like where they had physical real people in the... I actually thought that was pretty interesting. The... Especially when Spot goes to some other dimension, she's she's in a he's in a convenience store run by some Chinese lady. Yeah, so this, <laughs> I thought that was great. Is this a dig at everything, everywhere, all at once? <laughs> that <laughs> was was like, pro- that's what I was thinking. I was like, there's got to be something there. Maybe, yeah. And yeah. then there's like the one scene where Donald Glover's just in it. Yeah, that one that one was weird to me. I didn't because I'm not 
familiar with the Donald Glover thing, but you mentioned that it was because he was going to be Spider-Man. There was uh, a rumor that kind of circulated in, online that he was going to be a spy- the next Spider-Man. Mm. People were going to be like, oh, they're going to make the next Peter Parker black. <laughs> Which is like, again, they did that at the time. In the comics, there's Miles Morales yeah. black. Yeah, so it was like pretty normal. Here's the thing. That's it didn't make sense to make Peter Parker black to me. Yeah, I was like, it's a little odd choice. But Did that happen, or was that what? Was that was the intent. So that's what, what yeah. people were getting yeah. all up in arms about. Yeah. Since then, Donald Glover he cameoed in Homecoming, mm-hmm. and he seems to have played like some kind of other universe prowler mm-hmm. in this one. So like, he's the Uncle Aaron. Yeah. Of, yeah. That thing was like, they even had that moment, like, it's rude to stare. <laughs> but I like Donald Glover, so I, like, I had no problem with yeah, it. I yeah, I had no problem with it, but it was, yeah, it was just one of those ones. Where Lego like, oh, Spider-Man dude, cracked me up. I th- I was so hyped because when they, the fact that they showed him, like, for a decent amount, I was like, oh, he's going to be a prominent character in this. I was excited, <laughs> yeah. No, it was a really cool little scene to be like, this is how different the Spider-Man gets to be. Yeah. And it's true, like, I thought it was actually awesome when uh, Spider-Gwen has that fight with the Leonardo da Vinci vulture. Yeah. And that that vulture is, like, colored like the Vitruvian man. Yeah. Right? I thought that That was was great. So awesome. (laughs) And then he, like, pops out of the building and he's, his mind is blown by a skyline. (laughs) He's like, what is this? But this, again, the democratization of Spider-Man kind of yeah. lends itself very well to that. Anybody can be Spider-Man. I mm-hmm. guess in your view, and the thing that Sam, Sam Raimi kind of put into all of us is like, all we need to be is get bit by the spider and I have unlimited webs in my wrist. <laughs> well, no, no, because no, the, the big thing from Sam, like that's, that's a, a side thing. Because that does make it more anybody can be the hero. Whereas... Anybody can be the hero as long as they're smart enough to make a little web blaster and bring refills, which nobody ever shows anywhere. <laughs> that's There's pockets in the Spider-Man suit. That's actually there, why, it's pretty tight. Uh, that's actually why he does happen to have like that little weird belt line thing. Who is it? As part of his... It's, it's in other oh, designs of the yeah, costume. Yeah, printed on the costume. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Oh, that makes sense. But he does that. Like, they're tiny, tiny cartridges. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly... I think the web shooters are cool because, like, at least having interface with them in the video game is like when you can put mm. other types of gadgets and stuff in there. Yeah. And what it does is it also accounts for like, there's a difference between him shooting the straight rope of web, mm-hmm. him shooting like a gob of web and then yeah. him shooting the net. It's like, now I can see you're kind of like making adjustments on the nozzle here. Yeah. Yeah. You know? um, the way that they do it in the Avengers is like Tony Stark makes him the Spider-Man suit. So yeah. it's like super high tech. <laughs> he's got like night vision and infrared in oh, it dang. and stuff like that and there's gps built into yeah. it and the web shooters have like a hundred different types of modes and mm-hmm. there's a little ai built inside of it it's like <laughs> almost too much but it's still pretty cool mm-hmm. in a lot of ways um but yeah the sam raimi thing that was that's where it was just more the second movie was a, a great demonstration of it's not this it's not the suit it's not the powers that make you the hero it's you willing and putting you choosing forth the action. to be the hero yeah. you choosing to go into the burning building and then the other part to it is consequences yeah i really liked how they did that in this movie for the most part but it was they demonstrated immediately in the first one once we get to miles that it's like 
I guess even with with Gwen. That's once... the thing that I don't quite understand. The thing that actually kind of loses me a little bit on the plot now that I think mm-hmm. about it is, so the plot is because he was never meant to be Spider Man. Mm-hmm. He's ruining everything. Why are canon events happening to a not Spider Man? Well, no, that yeah. It's like either he's dangerous enough because well, he's no, not a real not, Spider-Man. Yeah, or... it's not necessarily like they they even say it in the movie. Anybody can be Spider-Man. I'm pretty sure they say something like that. There's a whole ton of them. At least that's the first one. And the first one they say that. Do you they? Know, it's like it's the whole. The first one has this whole big theme behind it of taking on the mantle of Spider-Man. Yeah. It's like who is it that's behind the yeah. mask that makes that mask? Great? You know what? It actually makes a whole lot of sense that he was never meant to be Spider-Man because in his universe there already was one. He dies in the first one. The Peter Parker of Miles Morales universe dies. But again, as Miguel O'Hara explains it, like he dies in an event that was really kind of caused by yes, Miles. Yeah. Because Miles had been down there, got bit, got wrapped yeah, up in this thing. Yeah. Which was, yeah, I mean, that's just great. Not foreshadowing. Or maybe foreshadowing. Miguel but you know. O'Hara is one of my favorite iterations of Spider-Man. <laughs> Not because of the seriousness, but just because his character is the coolest. Yeah. Miguel O'Hara is Spider-Man like way, way, way in the future. He's like 100 years in the future. <laughs> like 2203 Spider-Man, yeah. basically. Where he's like super high-tech Spider-Man. Mm. Um, and he's part of like a special type of government agency. He's like a spy almost. Yeah. But Miguel O'Hara wasn't even bit by a spider. Oh. He was bit by a bat. Yeah, they showed that. That he was... Yeah, he yeah, he came totally... back and he's got, he's got fangs. He was going to bite someone. He's a yeah, vampire. Pretty much. I, oh man, I want to He's see not really that. even a spider or Spider Man. <laughs> and I, I like I would wonder like the motorcycle lady got bit by a motorcycle or something. <laughs> like <laughs> kind of brings up the fun questions like what kind of Spider Man do you think he would be? My name is Jared Rake and I got bit by a spider. <laughs> I'd be the only one without webs because I'm not smart enough to make a web blaster. <laughs> I have silly strength. <laughs> I'd be like pachoo, pachoo. well I mean like I don't know if Miles is smart enough to make a web blaster yeah he talks about astrophysics and dimension stuff in this one I mean that's a good point he gets an A in like everything and he's talking about going to Preston or Princeton I think when you had the older Peter Parker show you how to do it yeah yeah <laughs> he makes his own like web formula then he builds his own little web yeah. blaster it's like the web formula is just a code you gotta crack Mm. In terms of the chemistry of it, and then the blaster thing is actually not that complicated to figure <laughs> out. It's just the thing is how to make it skin tight, because you never see them. Hey man, the first phones, the phones now, <laughs> technology improves. You figure some stuff out. I don't know. I feel like I would not use the powers for good. There's a very good reason why I'm not Spider-Man. <laughs> There's a very good reason. When we were talking about super villain earlier, you know, yeah. that's me. I feel like when I'm good, I'm an anti-hero. Mm. <laughs> it's just like when I'm doing good, it's still for personal gain. Yeah, I feel like I'd just be kind of selfish with it. It's like, I'd like to walk on walls. That'd be cool. Neither but... you or me are Peter Parker. <laughs> would I do anything special with it? I don't know. Maybe. What do you think is going to happen in the third movie? Oh, gosh. I mean, I'm most interested in big spoilers here. What Miles is gonna do to Miles? Prowler Miles oh, versus man. Normal Miles. Dude, dude, that that was the coolest reveal mm. of the whole movie. Was that he was in? He's in the wrong dimension. Like, oh my. One of the parts I really liked about that was like when they were doing it. Prowler Miles is missing his hand. Is he? 
Yeah. I didn't notice that at all. It's like when they, they showed it really briefly that his arm was just like a rod. Oh. And then he gets handed the prowler hands and has to like put it on. Oh. Dang. I like the part where like evil Uncle Aaron is like, I'm not the prowler. Yeah. Like that part oh was really my cool. gosh. It's like I got, I was like, oh, he is in the wrong universe. Yeah. And I was like, what kind of world is this? Because that was the confusing thing when he walks outside with Uncle Aaron, not in prowler get up. And then we see the prowler take out Miles. And I was like, yeah. what the heck? Who is the Prowler? He's talking to Aaron like he's the Prowler. I'm like, but he's not. We know he's not. Oh, so It kind of like it slowly dawns on you. It's like, oh, the Miles in this world, we have no idea about yeah. him. And then we're not given good things to expect <laughs> of him the whole time. It's like, Aaron's around, so he's still the Prowler. Well, that's the thing because he has no. His dad is dead. So the no the, boss the biggest thing in Into the Spider Verse regarding Aaron is that it's like, yeah, he's the Prowler, but that aside, he's a he's a bad guy. Yeah. It's like the fact that he's a Prowler, he's not a good guy. He's working for bad people. He's doing bad things, and we see in Earth Forty Two where his dad dies, and Uncle Aaron's the only one around. Now Miles is a bad guy, and he becomes the Prowler. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, because Aaron, regardless of being Prowler, is a bad guy. And now he's the only major influence on Miles. It's interesting to me that, like, the way the dialogue was plotted was so good. Yeah. That in that scene where he's talking to that mom from the other universe, yeah. he kind of mentions talking to his dad. Oh, and does she he? just kind of giggles and shrugs it off. Hmm. You know, it's like, she doesn't explicitly say, he's like, Miles, you know your dad is dead. Strange with that, because he's talking to his mom. He doesn't, he's got the afro. Yeah. He's talking about his dad and Spider-Man. And she's like, what, what are you, what's going on? And I was like, whoa, what's happening that here? That what Spider-Man part cracked up a lot of people in the theater. I thought it was really funny. <laughs> yeah. But then Uncle Aaron comes in and the first thing he says is, you lost the braids. And I'm like, oh, something's up here. His mom not knowing who even Spider-Man is. Like, not even the concept of Spider-Man. Yeah. And I was like, that is weird. And it didn't... That was what tipped me off to, like, oh, this is the wrong universe. Yeah. 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 I didn't explicitly know wrong universe. But when he said, uh... I guess I kind of implicitly knew it. Because once he said So the machine didn't follow his genetics back to his universe. It followed the genetics left by the The interdimensional spider. Dude, so good. The interdimensional spider. Interdimensional spider. I guess that's what it is. Yeah. The reveal, the intrigue of it is really cool. Mm -hmm. To be honest, I'm like, I don't see where there's that much depth with evil Miles to go. It's like, well, we know what put you on this path. It's very observable, very easy to see. It's like, (laughs) what are we going to see you turn good? (laughs) Like, I mean, maybe. One thing I actually don't think will happen is that his dad will die. I think his dad's going to live. Because one main thing about Miles not being, not being supposed to be a Spider-Man is that maybe his uncle dying was more so happenstance because it with the lead up to it everything made sense but now we know he's not an original spider-man he's not from he's not necessarily part of this multiverse and so canon events don't necessarily affect the multiverse wouldn't i would assume yeah i'm actually like the same way they would if a regular spider-man's i'm having trouble with these canon events now oh really as i'm thinking back to them because i go so which is it that's the most important canon event that still has to happen? Is it Uncle Ben dying or is it Gwen Stacy's dad dying? Or the captain dying in this case? Yeah. Which of these things actually makes Spider-Man Spider-Man? We mm. always consider it's the Uncle Ben thing. Mm. Right? Because that one is the most 
poignant. And then Miles' version of that was with Uncle Aaron. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and then the Gwen's, Gwen's dad dying, it's like, well, that happened in Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. That's actually why we saw a little bit of him uh. in Across the Spider-Verse. It's like, it's that plot exactly. And yeah. Andrew Garfield, notably, was the Sony Spider-Man. He was the second Sony Spider-Man. Mm. Before that was Tobey Maguire. Yeah. You they at one point they take you to Indian Spider Man. Dude, I absolutely loved Indian Spider Man. He was very fun. He was amazing, and Mumbatan was one of my favorite set pieces. It was a really cool looking I place. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> really cool looking place, cool looking design. I love yeah. the costume design that he had. It was so funny. Was I loved when he was like with his girlfriend and then the chieftain dad turns around and he's like Captain, this is your daughter, and I do not know her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was so like, okay, funny. so wait, hang on. This is a canon event that was caused by Spider-Man from other universes coming into your universe. No, the canon event was caused by Spot. Spot, who wouldn't be in this universe unless... So, sorry, what is your, what is your issue with this? My issue is that his can, the Indian guy's canon event is caused by interdimensional reasons, not because it's supposed to happen because he's supposed to be Spider-Man. Yeah. Right? This mm. is a distinction. It's like the canon event's not being messed with. But also messing with it is why the canon event's <laughs> happening in the first place. So I'm back and forth now about these canon events. I feel like there's well, a little bit of Here's a, the thing. Also just calling them a canon event... Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing with... Yeah, I think... At least Terminator was like Nexus Point. Yeah, I think there was a... I think it was the Steinsgate mangas that called it like... Or maybe even the anime that called it like a, a fixed event. Something like that. A little less obvious, but mm. still essentially the same thing. But yeah, I think it's less important how one of these events happens and that it happens. I need to rewatch Steinsgate. That was such a good show. Oh my gosh, incredible. Yeah. That's, yeah, I need to, maybe we should review that one time. At some point, <laughs> Rafskate. <laughs> we'll go through, we'll review every episode. No. We're definitely not doing Death Note. Oh, come on. When will you release my Code Geass rant? <laughs> I, I'm curious to see how the scale is going to really pick up. Mm -hmm. They really made Miles out, like, by the time he escaped the Spider-Men and escaped Miguel, yeah, they made him out as he finally returns to his house. He's like, I'm awesome. I'm confident. I have no fear. I'm going to beat everybody mm. and everything. There was a little bit of the intonation. And I've, I hate being in this position of comparing everything to John Wick. <laughs> but this movie is very apt to do it because mm. it introduces a plot. It builds the world with a second movie and now in the third movie i feel like we're getting we're gonna get a similar thing of like this is gonna be a lot of action you know we're gonna see a lot of spider-man fighting spider-man and because it's, it's almost like i feel like i was getting the same vibe as when john is like tell them winston yeah. tell them i'll kill them all <laughs> and it's just you know, like for me this is the same vibe as it's like it's very apt comparable to the Shrek series because in Shrek 1 they introduce the world and in Shrek 2 they expand it. <laughs> <laughs> when he says the kingdom of far far away. <laughs> Shrek cast is coming people. It's on the docket. Oh man. <laughs> what do you give across the Spider-Verse? Probably a 9 because it took 
everything that was missing in, into the Spider-Verse and put it in there. Mainly, I don't know, whatever. Mainly for me, the story element. Because that was what I felt was the only thing lacking in Into the Spider-Verse. Because it was a great story, but it was expected. It was like ex expectable, predictable, that sort of thing. Hmm. Whereas this one was not at all. I'm the other way around. Mm -hmm. I think I would have given one like 9.5. Oh, yeah? I was in the theater. I was give, I was like, there are moments in this Across the Spider-Verse that are a 10. Out of the theater, as I'm mulling it over, I was thinking 9. I started this podcast at a 9. Now I give it an 8. Oh, really? Yeah. I feel like that, not thinking about it more of like that canon event thing was not. Oh, come on. Sound to me. The canon really? event thing is not sound to me. There's mastering issues. There's The movie's getting I a little really bit epileptic. Think... They're a little over the top with some things. <laughs> I wasn't like... Again, they did a lot of things that were like on the edge of being bad. Really? They were good. I like, completely if, disagree. If, if Hobie had one more line written... <laughs> keep your beautiful mouth. I could have gone, gone for some more Hobie. <laughs> it was funny when it was two words. When it was a sentence, I was gone. Nah. And then even when it was two words, it's like, all right, we get it. You're an anarchist rebel who doesn't believe in any rules. Blah, I freaking blah, blah, love blah. Toby. <laughs> it's like any more words out of you, you get on my nerves. It's like you were the right <laughs> amount of it. I agree. They had the perfect amount to Hobie, but I totally could have gone for a little more. And then, and this is going to sound not very apt, but it's like the first time you're introduced to Miguel O'Hara, it's like cool super cool mm -hmm. and also had the little bit of that talk back it's like did you just call me <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you know um he, he was like joking around with gwen the first time you see him after that it's like it loses all sense of joking yeah another thing they did that kind of i wasn't a huge fan of is that they repeated flashbacks did they yeah yeah they did they didn't just let a flashback be a flashback. It's like they had to repeat it. They were they did they showed it the first time when um, when Miles meets Spot, and they go through that. He kind of makes contact with him in a way that reveals that vision of his dad dying when the oh, moon falls on him. Yeah. And then they show you the exact same thing again. Yeah. Or like they did it with they did this shot twice where you'd see. Um, Miguel in the video with his fake family and then yeah. it like flashes away from the hologram to reveal his face. They did it twice, yeah. almost the exact same way. <laughs> it was like, do you get in here and watch that video every day and then stare sternly at where it used to be? It's like, what is the point here? I don't know, none of that bothered me. Especially, I, I could see it with the Miguel thing because that one was a bit of a, just a, a twinge it noticed for me. But the spot one, I actually thought that was pretty apt because it was in a realization because the first time you see it it's not a flashback that's just a thing he's experiencing mm -hmm. and then at the end once he realizes what spot's doing and what him going to his universe is going to cause that's when he flashes back to it maybe i'm being too critical because this is just the way that i you are i don't know why you hate spider-man <laughs> it's just the way that I tend to evaluate movies. I start at a 10. I love all movies. They're all great. Oh, okay. I start at a 10, and then I'm like, where does this fall short of perfect? Yeah. Because like, I'll enjoy it in the theater, and then when I walk out, I go, okay, what wasn't I actually absolutely 100% A+. plus. Yeah. My favorite way to grade these things on the 1 to 10 scale is actually with YMS, Your Movie Sucks. We've probably brought this up literally every time Have we do a movie podcast oh, wow. of like how we do this. <laughs> so it's like you get one version from... 
you and one person for me. Yeah. But no matter what, we're always like within a point of each other. Yeah. Yeah. Because we like walked out of the same experience. <laughs> it's been true of like me and AD too. When we did mm-hmm. Thor and then we did Knives Out. <laughs> I still love Andres giving his his opinion of, of the movie in the Discord chat and going of uh, Avatar 2 going absolutely awful hated it it was the worst thing I've ever seen 7 out of 10 (laughs) 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 like which is it dude (laughs) it's like because we can tell you all day about the visuals yeah (laughs) (laughs) the actual plot was not good oh man yeah (laughs) I am interested in seeing the third one I just hope I don't get annoyed out of it (laughs) I will say again the visual artistry, the animation style, all that amazing. Shouts out to Irini, a friend of mine who worked on mm. the animation for it. Did a phenomenal job. Again, people ask me, if you ask me how this movie is later after this podcast, I'll just tell you phenomenal. I won't give you the number. <laughs> I won't give you the number and go into this tirade that's going to make you go, hmm. Yeah. And reconsider. Because <laughs> you should see this in theaters. Mm. I, actually, you know, one more thing. There were parts of it where they did this like 3D effect to kind of like center certain items in the frame or certain objects or certain people. And it just, they deliberately blurred and obscured other parts of the mm. scene. I noticed it like part, some of the time it was because of the comic effect of like trying to show those little dots oh, of the comic. And I then sometimes it just kind of blurred other things yeah. entirely. It's like hard to see. <laughs> yeah, but the, it's, again, visually ambitious yeah this movie um I'm pretty stoked to see the third one yep I hope they don't end it with Miles will return or something <laughs> I hope they end it with Spider Shrek <laughs> <laughs> surely he's in the multiverse the forest creek will return on Instagram Spotify YouTube Twitter other social media and podcasting platforms at the Forest Creek, youtube.com slash at the real Forest Creek. We got fun, cool, exciting, interesting stuff coming, both for your entertainment pleasure and for your media production services, for which you can get in touch with us at theforestcreek at gmail.com or on our website, theforestcreekweb.com. Check out our other cool stuff. We got uh, we we've done a bunch of podcasts. This is number like really? thirty. This this is thirty six that oh, I'm dang. gonna release right here. Number we have other stuff planned too, from the book and philosophy talks that we do to a lot of movie reviews, especially one crazy weekend in July. It's, it's, I'm preparing for it now. It's back to back movies. It's Barbie. It's Oppenheimer, <laughs> and it's Indiana Jones. I'll be there for Barbie. You don't, you don't have I get tired of you doing these too many times too so <laughs> good. good but yeah for that stay tuned like I said the forest creek will return boom goodbye